are back on One True Podcast. Bryce Cherry alongside John Werner, as always. And our special guest this week is uh, Benton Smith from uh, KUSports.com, the the Lawrence paper there, the Lawrence World Journal. Is that correct, Benton? Journal World. Journal World. Yeah, Yeah, we get the the Herald Tribune all the time. Yeah, yeah. my bad. Uh, and <laughs> no problem. Benton's been there for uh, nine years, uh, covering football for the last five. Benton, thanks for coming on with us. Yeah, no doubt. Thanks for having me. I'm, yeah. I'm excited to talk about this game, and I'm sure we'll get to it, but uh, hopefully this game is played, right? That's right, fine. absolutely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Knock on wood. Yeah. Uh, uh, first, you know, as we record this today on uh, Wednesday, there was some uh, news today about uh, Gail Sayers, mm-hmm. the passing of Gail Sayers. Um, and, um, you know, Gail Sayers went to Kansas, probably, arguably, uh, you know, I guess I'll ask you guys this. I mean, you feel like um, he goes down as the best Jayhawk football player ever. I mean, obviously there's a lot to choose from in basketball, but I mean, Gail Sayers seems to be the guy. Benton, I mean, you feel like yeah. he holds that title? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's he's legendary in the, the truest sense of the word. I mean, I, I feel like that's a term that maybe gets thrown around too much sometimes, but it's it's fitting for him. I mean, he, he's an all-timer. And I mean, I love seeing like the kind of grainy video footage from, you know, it's usually from his days with the Chicago Bears because, you know, Kansas football back in the early 1960s, I don't think there's a lot of video available of that. Um, but, I mean, he's, he was an incredible athlete. And, I mean, like, you, you, could, you could see him playing in a game today and being just as productive just because he was that special of a runner, that elusive, um, that creative in the open field. I mean, he, he really looked to be like a guy who was just ahead of his time as, as far as an athlete and, and a runner. John, am I going to uh, embarrass you by saying you probably remember Gail Sayers? Yes, I do. Actually, uh, <laughs> 1968 was the first year I started watching the NFL. And I remember how big a deal it was that year when Gail got injured. Uh, Kermit Alexander, the 49ers defensive back. It was a clean tackle and everything, but, you know, he uh, Gail really tore up his knee. He wasn't quite the same afterwards. But, uh, boy, before that, I mean, there was nobody like him. I, I don't know if I've still seen anybody who could cut quite like him, you know, just cut against the grain, reverse field. Uh, he, he was just remarkable. And from everything you've heard about him, just a, just a great person, too. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a sad day. Yeah, it'd be nice if Baylor would hold like a little moment of silence for him on Saturday. I mean, we'll see uh, on that. But, um, yeah, you know, the comment I made to you, John, just a minute ago was uh, I feel like he was Barry Sanders before Barry Sanders, you know. I mean, yeah. uh, in terms of the moves and, and you see a little film, uh, you know, making its way on the social media today, and, and it's fun to relive those highlights. And certainly, uh, you know, our – Prayers and thoughts go out to the the Sayers family, but, uh, you know, sad news there. Um, As far as this game goes, so uh, obviously, you know, guys, Kansas did, you know, they were able to uh, play Coastal Carolina a couple weeks ago, get their opener in. Um, Baylor, meanwhile, (laughs) uh, sitting here going 0 for 2 in terms of getting games in. Uh, The original opener was against uh, Louisiana Tech. That got scrapped when the uh, Bulldogs 
had a COVID outbreak. And then the plan B was uh, Houston, um, you know, and that one got called off because Baylor was not able to meet the uh, position thresholds that have been put forth by the, uh, the Big 12. Uh, that was actually the first Power 5 game canceled on a Friday this year. A uh, little, little note there. Uh, let's, let's hope it was the last. But uh, <laughs> So as we sit here on Wednesday as we record this, uh, what do you guys feel like the likelihood that this game actually, you know, gets played is? Matt, I, I'll start I, with you. Yeah, I mean, I, I was about to say uh, it sounded like from everything that came out of Baylor on Monday, they're pretty optimistic, right? Sounds like that position group should be uh, back to close to normal uh, mm-hmm. this week at some point. So that hearing that from from Baylor made made me optimistic that the game would be played. And um, of course, to me, like just this year is so bizarre. I feel like we never really know, right? I mean, that came out of the blue um, Friday, did it not? When right, Houston it did. Really getting called off. So I mean, theoretically, it could happen to any game anywhere. So yeah. Johnny, what do you think? Yeah, uh, I think they're going to play. Uh, Coach Aranda, uh, uh, Mac Rhodes, the AD, they're both saying they're getting guys back at that position group. Uh, so hopefully there won't be a, another outbreak in the middle of the week. Um, but, gosh, yeah, they test them Sunday, Wednesday, and Friday. So, you know, theoretically, uh, you know, they could. it takes a day to get the test back. They could cancel one Saturday morning. You, you just don't know. Um, to me, the, the really tough thing, and Mac Rhodes addressed it the other day, um, is contact tracing. And I think that's what got Baylor last week. Uh, I think they had maybe a couple positives in that uh, position group. But I think the big issue was contact tracing. And, uh, you know, if you're in close contact with somebody, you have to quarantine for 14 days even if you test negative. I mean, I, I do not like that rule. I, I think it's a little over the top, uh, and I think it's going to cause some more cancellations unless maybe they modify it some. And am I right in saying, correct me if I'm wrong on this, guys, but uh, if you test positive, you're out for 10 days? But if you are in close contact, you're out for 14 I believe that's right. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, that's what I had seen too. Um, that's, that's, I don't know. I think that's, they're just trying to be extra precautious, I guess, with like, just in case, you know, someone has contracted the virus, but it's not showing up yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, it's, it's, it's strange and it's tough. I mean, and I think, I think we've seen in some of the other games that have been postponed around the country, um, that's the contract. The, the contact tracing is really the biggest part of it because mm-hmm. it, you're guys that may not necessarily be uh, dealing with the virus are impacted too. Um, they're just trying to keep everybody safe. And then there's all these ramifications. It's, it's tough. Yeah, no doubt. Well, Benton, uh, Talk to me a little bit about Les Miles. Um, very interesting hire by Kansas. I mean, um, to say the least. I mean, Les is a guy that, uh, you know, has a great personality and, um, you know, has a history in the Big 12. Um, What's sort of the general feeling about him among the Kansas fan base as we sit here in year two? And it has it taken a hit at all, 
you know, now that Kansas has lost to Coastal Carolina for the second straight year. Yeah, I don't know if it's, if it's taken a hit necessarily. Um, I, I think I think people are excited that Les Miles is at Kansas, and obviously, you know, last year wasn't great or that much mm-hmm. different than you know recent years. But I think most people who are rational about this program kind of understand how far it has to go. And I think what they are probably most optimistic about is the way that um, he's been recruiting since he took over. Like so, so often in the past, uh, other KU coaches were filling in the gaps with transfers and, and JUCO guys. And that's just not how you build a program right? You know, really at the bottom level. Um, so that what they've done is they've, they've done high school recruiting. They've hit it hard. And I mean, they're, their 2021 class looks like it's going to be all high schoolers. Their 2020 class was all high schoolers. So it, it's, they seem to be doing it the right way. Um, and it's just going to take some time. And some, some fans are not patient with that. Some fans are, you know, sick of seeing the losing year after year after year. And um, I think probably the biggest thing he took a hit with last year was just how the offense was kind of archaic at times. Mm. And they obviously fired their offensive coordinator midseason and uh, put in Brent Deerman, who kind of revitalized the offense late last year. So I think that too provides a little bit of optimism that, you know, we're not going to see like this, these old I formation LSU plays from, you know, 15 yeah. years ago, that type of thing. So I think while there are some detractors, I think for the most, most part fans are pretty positive because they think that the program is kind of slowly going the right direction. Gotcha. Uh, John, you know, Les Miles and Dave Aranda actually worked together and, and uh, Aranda had some nice things to say uh, about uh, Les Miles this week. Um, you know, as we look at Baylor, they're certainly a little bit of a mystery in terms of what we're going to see. I mean, we haven't seen them yet this year. Um, you know, we think back to last year, uh, Matt Rule's Baylor team went up there to Lawrence and, and uh, won that game handily. I think it was 61-6. to six. Uh, But that was a very different Baylor team, you know, an 11-win team. Uh, a lot of those guys that were on that defense are gone, including some, some studs like James Lynch. Um, I personally expect this game to be – a lot closer. <laughs> um, it's hard to know what to expect, but how do you guys see it coming out? John, I'll start with you. Yeah, I don't think we're going to see 61-6 again. Uh, that was the end of last year, the regular season. Um, Baylor was just rolling. They were playing great. Um, who knows what we're going to see from Baylor? Uh, who knows who's going to be out there for Baylor? <laughs> I mean, we don't know. You know, obviously they've had some interruptions in practice, so uh, it's you're right. They're a big mystery right now. I, I think they have talent. I think uh, you know they've got experience on offense, and I think their defense is a little underrated because uh, even though they only brought two starters back, uh, a lot of the guys behind those starters played and they're back. Um, you know the big thing: well, can they get a pass rush? I mean, to me, that was a, the strongest point on the team last year was how good their pass rush was. And uh, that just everything else fell into place after that. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. But, yeah, you're right. They're a big mystery. But I don't think it's going to be a huge blowout like that. How about you, Ben? 
Well, it's it's funny you you mentioned the pass rush because I mean if 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 uh, the Coastal Carolina game is any indication, Baylor will have no issues with its pass rush. <laughs> I mean, there. I mean that was. The, the KU quarterbacks rarely had time to to throw the ball downfield or you know like read through their progressions. So, I mean that that was a big issue. The the pass blocking in particular was was pretty poor uh, for KU in that opener. They were a little bit more effective running the ball, um, but they also didn't really emphasize that and almost couldn't at some point because they were down so big, twenty eight nothing in the halftime uh, before halftime because they had three turnovers and that led to 21 points for coastal. So they were, they were kind of in comeback mode most of that game. Um, but yeah, I, I do, I do agree with you guys that it could, couldn't possibly be another 61 to six. Yeah. I don't think, um, I think, um, there's just not that, that large of a, a chasm between the, the level of talent probably at this point, mm-hmm. but the KU defense is, I mean, it struggled throughout last year and it, I don't think that they're necessarily better at this point. Maybe they'll progress to get there, but they, they have their issues. Um, you know, they, they had two tackles for loss against Coastal Carolina, no sacks. So they weren't getting into the backfield at all and applying any pressure. Um, and they've also consistently, you know, since, I mean, throughout last year and then again in the opener, they've had real issues trying to defend a mobile quarterback. And obviously, you know, Charlie Brewer is that guy, you know, he can, I'd I, I see him having another, you know, typical productive Charlie Brewer day against this defense. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm very interested to see uh, this game, honestly, um, you know, hope it does get played, but um, <laughs> you know, I, to me, that's one of the things that really sticks out is that Kansas has sort of the edge in terms of, you know, at least they have a game under their belt and they've had things to work on and, you know, Coastal obviously exposed some things. Um, You know, I wrote uh, this week about uh, Baylor having this, you know, sort of mystery advantage on its size in terms of, uh, uh, you know, the fact that you have to go to all these different places to look at tape to try to figure out who the 2020 Bears are going to be. Um, you know, I feel like we're going to know a little bit uh, what Baylor's offense looks like um, because uh, Benton mentioned Charlie Brewer. They have their running backs back. They have, um, you know, uh, most of their receivers back. Um, the defense to me is the big question mark. Um, a lot of those guys did play, but they were not starters, so they'll be getting a lot more time than they got in the past. I, I think Baylor wins a close one, uh, but you know, I could, I could, nothing really would surprise me in this game. So, mm-hmm. um, as far as the Big Twelve goes, around the league, there are other uh, four other conference games starting up this week, um, and to me, the most interesting one is Texas going to Lubbock to play Texas Tech. Um, Longhorns just destroyed UTEP in in their first game. Uh, Tech, meanwhile, on the flip side, just barely got by Houston Baptist. And I think that was a Houston Baptist team that got blown out by North Texas. So uh, make of that what you will. Uh, I personally feel like Texas is kind of perpetually overrated, at least by uh, AP voters. Um, now, this year we have to sort of couch that a little bit. There's uh, a lot of the teams are not 
in the AP poll yet, you know, because they haven't started playing uh, all those Big Ten teams, and obviously the Pac-12 is is not in the poll. So, um, you know, UT is a double-digit favorite in this game. Can Matt Wells' team spring the upset? Either one of you guys. I mean, I'd be surprised, and that's that's just based on basically that that Houston Baptist score that that you alluded to. Um, mm-hmm. I I agree with you. I mean, Texas generally gets the benefit of the doubt in the the preseason polls, especially just like you know Notre Dame does or any you know big big brand name college football mm-hmm. program. Um, but I I do kind of wonder about Texas Tech's ability to this year at least to to spring an upset against a, a Texas team that might legitimately be a top ten team. I, I don't see them upsetting Texas, really, although that's a that's a pretty wacky series. I mean, the Red <laughs> Raiders often win when you least expect. So, uh, but gosh, that, that Houston Baptist score is a, a little scary, you know, to win by a couple points there. Yeah, so, that, that uh, signals yeah, I, I, that Tech might be bad. Yes, yeah, I, I'd be shocked if Tech pulled it, pulled the upset. I saw a stat on Twitter yesterday. Every once in a while, you can find some good things on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Not the trolls and the you know, whatever. Everybody uh, shouting at each other about politics or something. But uh, the stat was something like uh, Tech has not had a winning record at home since like 2009. Wow. Which, which just blew me away. Uh, I'm, I'm taking that as gospel, I guess. But uh, that – um, you know, we, we always have these sort of built in thoughts about, Oh, that's a tough place to go play. Oh, that's a tough place to go play. Not sure that Lubbock has been lately. I mean, um, so no, we hadn't been there. That's right. Oh, (laughs) eight. That is right. We have to go back to Lubbock this year. Been that, uh, Tech Baylor game, they always played it at Jerry World in Arlington, and now oh, right. <laughs> yeah, they've eliminated that, so we have to make the drive out to Lubbock, which is quite a haul. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's tough to get there from Lawrence or Kansas City. I mean, yeah. it's because you have to, you know, I'm trying to, one time I flew into Amarillo or something, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, and those, those price, the prices on those flights to the Lubbock area are always pricey because it's yeah. such a small airport, I guess. Right. Yeah, yeah no doubt. It's kind of out there in the middle of nowhere. But um, our little tradition here on One True Podcast is uh, to uh, close with a little segment we call Culinary Corner. Uh, so, Benton, even though you uh, this game is in, in Waco, uh, um, you know, we will have to go to Lawrence next year. John was there last year. Um, so give me, you know, what are a couple of your favorite places to go eat in Lawrence? This is such a, a funny question to me right now because, like, I live in <laughs> Kansas City. And gotcha. because of the pandemic, like, I went to Lawrence uh, for the Coastal game, you know, close to two weeks ago. And that was the first time I'd been to Lawrence since March. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So it's just – everything is so weird right now, but obviously I used to be in Lawrence a lot and I did have places that I love to eat. Um, so it, it wasn't an easy question to, to answer regardless. Um, Leeway Frank's is kind of a, uh, I feel like under the radar, mm-hmm. great place to eat. Um, it's not, it's not downtown. It's, um, it's kind of like more, more in the suburban area of town. Uh, but it's, 
it's it's I guess they specialize in in hot dogs and brats and that type of stuff. John, you have some. We have some places in Kansas City that we always go to. Yeah, I just mentioned those to Benton, uh, Joe's, Stroud's, and I said by the time I get to Lawrence, I'm usually stuffed. <laughs> yeah. So I haven't eaten there a whole lot. So Benton, a couple in Waco that you might check out. Uh, there's a great sandwich place called Schmaltz's. Are you coming down for the game? Uh, this is so. Again, it's a strange year. I'm I'm not traveling right yeah. now, so. Gotcha. It's, and this, it's crazy because I feel like I can't remember. Well, I know since I've been there, the, the Lawrence Journal world has been at every single KU football game, and including road games. And, I mean, that's, that's not necessarily the case for all the outlets who, who cover this team. So, and, I mean, that, it has to have been decades at, at yeah. least yeah. since the Journal world has not been at a KU football road game. So, it's crazy. I'll be watching on ESPNU. <laughs> yeah. Kind of, well, you know, doing my best. And then, yeah. We, uh, we had that question arise whether we were going to travel uh, this year. Unfortunately, so far, we're, we're getting the word that we can. But uh, anyway, uh, you know, if when the next time you come to Waco, yeah. check out Schmaltz's. Mm-hmm. That's a great sandwich place. Uh, check out Vtex. They've got great barbecue. Uh, there's some other good barbecue. Guest barbecue is another yes, one. Is good, yeah. yeah. Um, so good Texas barbecue, and uh, hopefully, you know, 2021 maybe we'll be back to normal. Uh, mm. You know, again, knock on wood. Here. Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Benton, thanks for joining us, man. Appreciate it. Uh, you know, and uh, you know, good luck the rest of the season. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was fun to talk about this game and uh, I'm, I'm like you said, knock on wood that it actually happens. Yeah, no doubt. Well, appreciate it. Thanks buddy. Thanks Benton. Thanks for having me. Yep.